0: Welcome to the podcast where we boldly go where no one knows what's going on. Hey everybody, welcome to I Have No Clue, the show where we use philosophy to discover that we don't know everything. Today we're going to be discussing something that news, media, politicians, they're always discussing and most people don't really understand. I know I didn't before I started researching for today's topic. Today we are discussing the debt ceiling or the debt bubble or just in general the American government's debt. Now we're going to start by talking about what government debt is, how does the government go into debt, who are we in debt to, then we'll move into kind of the uh the consequences of government debt, what happens when we borrow too much money, and then we'll discuss um, the facts of right now, where are we at, what's going on right now, and then finally we'll discuss some possible solutions to the debt problem, and then these solutions will also have these moral or philosophical values worked into them helping us understand what's the right thing to do here. As always, there's going to be a question and answer listed in the episode information. Please go to that, um, provide your thoughts on today's episode, tell us which solution you think would be the best course of action, or if there's a totally different solution you think of. Let us know, let's hear what you think, and let's have a great discussion. So today we'll start off with, what is government debt? It's kind of confusing. The government isn't like an individual where they have a credit card where they can just swipe it at Target, and then buy all this money and pay it back, buy all this stuff with fake money, and then pay it back to the credit card company at the end of the month with some interest. That's not really how it works. Essentially, what government debt is, is when it spends more money than it collects in taxes. So let's say the government in a certain year, say 2020, collected $20 billion in taxes. That number is pretty, pretty far below what it actually was, but we'll just use that for the sake of discussion. You borrow 20 billion dollars in taxes. You borrowed, or you spend 21 billion dollars in defense budgets. You know medical things, uh, social uh, social programs, all those things, fixing roads, whatever it is. The government is spending more money than it collected from the American citizens in taxes. When that happens, the government takes the difference. You collect 20 billion in taxes. You spend 21 billion dollars. You have that one billion dollar deficit. The government will sell off what are called government-issue bonds to American citizens, corporations, even foreign governments can buy these government-issue bonds. They're essentially IOUs that promise to pay back the borrowed money with a little bit of interest further on down the road. They're generally a pretty solid bet for investments because the government's just collecting taxes 24-7. It's getting money from everywhere all of the time. In the past, these have been phenomenal investments. So when the government goes into debt, we're not going in debt to a credit card company or to a bank. We're going in debt to American citizens and sometimes foreign governments. This creates a lot of problems down the road because over time, the accumulation of these deficits lead to what we call the national debt. national debt includes all of these outstanding bonds, all of these borrowing that the government has done to finance its spending. The national debt is held by investors, corporations, including the Federal Reserve, foreign governments, and individual investors. This interest, or excuse me, the interest on a national debt is a significant expense for the government and is paid out of the annual budget. So what that means is when, hmm, how do I explain this? When we go into debt, we're in debt to American investors. Sometimes we're in debt to foreign governments. The interest on these expenses, these bonds, is really high. That's part of why they've been such a great investment in the past, because people buy them up, and they'll get massive amounts of interest from the government. These payments are a significant part of the annual budget for the government. Here's the problem. When you borrow more and more and more and more from people, from investors, from other countries, that interest builds up over time. Pretty soon, you're going to get to a point where you can't pay the interest with the tax dollars that you're bringing in. Every year, the tax revenue increases by so much just because the population increases by so much. Purchasing increases and the debt increases even more. But eventually, that tax revenue, it's not gonna be enough to cover the interest payments you've made. When that happens, it creates a debt bubble. That's where we're at right now. We're currently in a debt bubble. It's a situation where there's a rapid and unsustainable increase in debt levels. It leads to a widespread and catastrophic financial crisis. Debt bubbles are when, it's a general term, not specific to the government, but a debt bubble is when lenders extend too much credit to borrowers, when they give them too much leeway, give them too much money, who are unable to pay back these loans. This results in a surge of borrowing and spending, which leads to an artificial economic boom that quickly turns into an economic bust. So what that means is when the government borrows money borrows money borrows money they have to print more money to fill out these checks because again they're borrowing money they can't spend back that they can't pay with tax dollars so they print more money to pay back their lenders this debt bubble is even worse when it's held by the government because that leads to inflation and higher prices and things like that when prices are higher guess who has to borrow more money the government When you're in a debt bubble it's this vicious cycle of borrowing money raising prices borrowing more raising more borrowing more and this has happened over and over and over again for decades now we're at a point where the national debt crisis where our national debt is higher than it could ever possibly be paid back with there's a few solutions that we could potentially try but in essence this debt bubble is going to burst and create a massive economic crisis these crises can include or can be very severe, very long lasting. They lead to job losses, business failures, declines in living standards. Think about the Great Depression. That was the result of a debt bubble bursting. People went out and withdrew all of their money because their banks were extending too much credits. That's why the stock market crashed. That's why the real estate market crashed. Too many people borrowed too much money and were unable to pay it back. The Great Depression's consequences are going to be very similar to what happens if this debt bubble bursts without any sort of repercussions. Governments might be forced to intervene to prevent a complete collapse of the financial system, resulting in higher taxes, inflations, and public debt, not just government debt. But if this debt bubble bursts, public debt is going to go through the roof. It's going to be another never-ending cycle of debt, borrowing, inflation, but this time transferred to the American people. It's crucial to be monitoring these debt levers and maintaining good lending practices to prevent the formation of a debt bubble, and the government hasn't done that. They've spent money willy-nilly for decades, and now we're facing this crisis. So that leads us to kind of what we're doing right now. Where are we at? According to the Congressional Budget Office, in 2022, the public debt was $28.2 trillion, $28.2 trillion, which is over 150% of the United States Gross Domestic Product or GDP. The GDP is the sum total of all products exported from the United States. Basically, it's a summation of the money we made. Excuse me. Not only is the government spending more than it makes in tax revenue, it's spending more than the entire country makes. That's insane. Not only can the government not pay off these debts, If the entire country banded together and put all of their profits toward this, we couldn't pay it off. This staggering amount of debt raised concerns about its long-term impact on the United States economy. Not only are we going to deal with a short-term recession if this debt bubble bursts, but the Congressional Budget Office is telling us if this debt bubble busts, if the economy takes a turn, it's going to change the way the economy works for the rest of time. One of the main causes of this debt crisis is government spending. Not just borrowing, but the spending. The United States government has been running budget deficits for decades. As a result, the government borrows money by issuing treasury bonds. That was the term, I was looking for it. Not issued bonds, treasury bonds. Most of our treasury bonds are held by countries like China and Japan. That first one should have caught your attention. Our debt is held by China. China does not like us, we do not like China. Tensions with China have been rising For 10, 15 years now. Do we really want to be in debt to our enemies? Our government spending is creating more than just economic problems. It's causing us to be in debt to people who want us dead, who don't want to see America thrive. They are going to collect on this debt at some point, and they're going to do it when it's going to hurt us the most. Again, according to the Congressional Budget Office, the largest spending categories in the federal budget are Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. That's wild. A lot of times I hear that the United States needs to cut down on military spending. We spend too much on on the military. We spend too much on our armies. We have the biggest military in the world. We don't need to be spending so much. According to the Congressional Budget Office, the government themselves is saying that Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid are the biggest spenders. These programs where we're attempting to help those in need are what's driving us into the ground. This is a pretty clear indicator that something needs to change with those programs. We need to... I don't know how to put this without sounding brutal, but we need to be aware that there is fraud. We need to be aware that there's overspending in these categories and tighten it up. We need to be careful with these. Defense spending and interest on the debts also account for a significant portion of this budget. Interest on the debt. That's what I was talking about earlier. Our interest payments on the debt that we've had which were supposed to be a good thing for investors, are now going to screw investors over in the long run. Some experts like to argue that the debt crisis has severe consequences, and I would have to agree with them. Uh, Economist Paul Krugman says a debt crisis is a terrible thing to waste. He was absolutely blasted for that on uh, mainstream media, but in a sense, he's not wrong. A debt crisis is a chance for us to wake up and take care of our spending. Those three programs need changes. I'm not saying we should eliminate all of them. They've done great things and we need to keep them, but we need to fix them. This debt crisis shouldn't be this big, bad, horrible thing. I mean, well, it is a big, bad, horrible thing. It's going to suck when it bursts. But this debt bubble should be a wake-up call and allow us to move forward with a plan for changing it. The debt crisis is going to lead to higher interest rates, inflations, and a much, much weaker dollar, which is going to harm the U.S. economy and reduce living standards. The death crisis is going to limit the government's ability to respond to future economic crisis, national disasters, and other emergencies. End quote. That's from the Congressional Budget Office again. They're telling us that they have borrowed too much money. And when that debt bubble bursts, when the problem occurs, not only are they not going to be able to, to address it right now, they're still going to be reeling 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And when future recessions hit, they're not going to be able to bail out businesses and keep the economy afloat. We're dealing with very long-term consequences here. Others argue, however, that the debt crisis is not as dire. An economist, Steffi Kelton, working for the United States governments, points out, the government can never run out of money, end quote. I hope we can all kind of see how ridiculous this is because the only way the government doesn't run out of money is by printing it more. Borrowing more is another option. Printing and borrowing do nothing other than raise inflation, and push the problem down the road a year, two years, maybe three years. If you borrow more money, you're just making that debt bubble bigger. At some point, it's gonna burst, no matter what you do. If we're dealing with this, the way to deal with it is to not make the problem worse for future generations. That's one of those philosophical values we're gonna discuss later. We need to be responsible with what we have right now. We can't be inflating the dollar, making it weaker and weaker and weaker until it's impossible to purchase anything. That's how you end up with situations like Venezuela. They were a socialist country who kept borrowing money and printing money in order to keep, these, uh, to keep these, this spending afloat, in order to maintain their socialist policies. For a while, things in Venezuela were great. They were one of the most affluent countries in the world. But as soon as that debt bubble burst, now you have what you see in Venezuela. Massive poverty. Your money is worth more as toilet paper than it is as a spending dollar. It's insane what happened there. And we're going down that same path without any sort of reconciliation here. Regardless of your views on the debt crisis, we need to fix it. No one is going to be able to say it's not a huge problem for very much longer. The closer we get to that debt clock running out, or the time it's going to take for us to default on our debts, the closer we get to that, the more things are going to ramp up. Congressmen and women are discussing solutions here, and there's really only three options you can go with. You can either, like the uh, economist Steffi Kelton said, you could either print or borrow more money. That's a poor solution because it just pushes it down the road like I already discussed. If you were just going to borrow more money, make that debt bubble bigger, and pray it doesn't burst in, in your lifetime, you're making it much, much worse for the future generations. That's something you have to understand. Your actions have consequences for more people than just you. If we're going to work on this debt crisis, we need to be responsible with it, and we need to own up to our actions and take accountability for them. Another solution is to simply let it burst, suffer the consequences of our actions. That's going to be a tough one, but that is that. That is an option. Congress can simply say, we're not borrowing any more money, and we're going to save up tax revenue until we can pay off these debts. Now, again, we're $28.2 trillion in debt. As I won't say reasonable, but as common sense as this policy seems, it's not practical. You can't simply save up $28.2 trillion when there's interest payments on top of that, when you already have these programs sucking you dry that you can't afford to stop spending to. At this point in America, I don't think we can afford to stop spending on Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Too many people have become reliant on those. Those programs need reform, certainly, but we can't eliminate them entirely. The third option is one. How do I put this? It's balancing the budget, essentially. You need to cut spending and put that money directly into the debt. And now, pretty similar to reasons with the last problem, that's going to be a very difficult solution to account for. You can't balance the budget to $28.2 trillion in one year. That year would stink, that year would be horrible and the government would essentially collapse. Again, that's more money than the entire nation makes in a single year. $28.2 trillion is a massive amount of money, and you can't just balance the budget and get out of it in a year. It's going to be a very long-term solution of the government spending very little money for a very long time. That's going to cause more problems again. A representative from North Carolina who asked to be Um, quoted anonymously, discuss what would have to happen in order to balance that budget. You would essentially have to cut all of the military spending, all of social security spending, and any and all medical subsidy program spending to balance the budget in five years. So for five years, we can't spend money on our military, can't spend money on social security or welfare checks, and can't spend money on any sort of medical subsidy programs to help those in need. In order to balance the budget, the most important things that the government does cannot happen for five years straight. That's crazy. Can you imagine a world in which the government has no money to spend? It's essentially closed for five years at this point. It's shut down. Is that really the option we want to roll with? Balancing the budget sounds like the most reasonable option, sounds like the smartest option, it sounds like the most responsible option. But when you look at the necessary steps to balance that budget, it's wild how detrimental it's going to be. These three solutions are really the only ways to go. Those are the only economic options we have to balance this debt bubble, to get it to go away. And one of those options is letting it burst. It almost, it it seems very hopeless to me to be sitting here discussing the debt crisis, And to have to arrive at the conclusion that there's no option other than to let it burst and suffer the consequences now what are these philosophical values here at play well first and foremost there's one that america has failed for decades and that's responsibility we have a moral value or we have a moral responsibility to take in tax dollars and use them well i wouldn't say the government has used money well for a very very long time And because of that, we've had to borrow more and more money in order to do the things that we actually need to do. We've spent so much on superfluous programs, on unnecessary things, we've inflated our budget and our dollar to the point where we have to borrow in order to do the things that a government was meant to do in the first place. We were not responsible with our money. So we need to understand that this idea of responsibility plays pretty heavily into our solution going forward. How can we best accept and take responsibility for our actions and then be responsible going forward with the money that we bring in? Now, another pretty key philosophical idea is uh, taking that responsibility and moving it down the road a little bit further. Not only did we have a responsibility in the past with the money we spent, and excuse me, we also have a responsibility to the people coming after us to the individuals, our, our kids, our grandkids, our great grandkids. According, according to all those numbers I read, I, what we discussed with the debt bubble, this is gonna be a very long-term consequence for our irresponsibility. So now we have to think about how that's gonna affect future generations. We have a responsibility to them to leave it better than we found it, essentially. We didn't uphold that responsibility, and now in order to do so, we are gonna to have to suffer very, very greatly. And I think the other, maybe not the final, maybe I'll stumble upon a few others as I babble on, but another very important philosophical value at play here is our response, another responsibility, but our responsibility to those in need. Those three big spenders, social security, Medicare, and Medicaid, they're all programs meant to go to those in need. People who can't afford to live Older people need Social Security in order to keep going. They can't work, so their money is coming back to them in the form of Social Security in order to keep them afloat. Medicaid and Medicare are both meant for those who can't afford medical expenses. Again, typically older people, um, disabled people, all these people who can't work need money for medical expenses. They get sick too. These government programs had good intentions. We were trying to take care of the needy. At uh, The widows and the orphans, as the Bible likes to say. We were taking care of the people who really need taken care of. But now, we were irresponsible with our way of doing that. And now, what am I trying to say here? We were irresponsible in the way that we took care of the needy. But we still have that obligation to take care of them. America is a very well-to-do nation. Number one in the world. Simply being born here or owning a car puts you in the top 1% of the entire world. We are very wealthy here in the States. We're very blessed with that. But we're not taking good care of our money, and especially the government is not good t- taking good care of our money. If we can't uphold our own responsibility to be wise, how can we possibly uphold our obligation to take care of the needy? When this debt bubble bursts, the needy are going to be hit way harder than everybody else. If you own a home, if you have some savings, if you have a job that's not um, unstable, if you work for the government, for example, you're going to be just fine when the debt bubble bursts. It's going to be tight for a few years, but you'll make it through. However, people who are working two jobs to pay for their apartment, people who have medical debt, people who have massive credit card debt, those people are going to be hit the hardest because they're not making enough money to stay afloat when the dollar crashes. We still have a responsibility and an obligation to protect and help those people. We can't do that because of our actions already. So, now that we've kind of, not kind of, now that we have discussed the facts, what the debt bubble is, how it's going to affect us, and kind of some of those philosophical values at play, what are we going to have to do? That's a pretty difficult question. Those three options I listed out, they pretty much cover all possibilities. Either do nothing. Either act positively or act negatively. Those three things cover your only options. Either let it burst, either balance the budget, or push the problem farther down the road. What makes it a lot more difficult to immediately pick a solution is the current Speaker of the House, Mitch McCarthy, he promised the American people that he was going to have a solution to the debt crisis. He, He was going to work with Congress and find a way to make it happen. That was a bold-faced lie. There's no way that's going to happen. $28.2 trillion does not go away in an overnight congressional meeting. As uh, really the only course of action we can take at this point, just practically speaking, is either borrow money or let the debt bubble burst. Now, using those philosophical values, what is the best and most correct course of action? We have to talk about responsibility. We need to be wise with our money. Well, it seemed the wise option here is to balance the budget. But since that's impossible, the wise option would probably be to to let it burst. Because you have to understand that borrowing money makes the problem worse. It's not wise to make the problem worse for future generations. It would be wise to let it burst. But then you have this issue of obligation to the needy. We're called to take care of people who need taking care of. And if we borrow more money, well, yeah, borrowing more money is the only way to do that still. For the governments to keep these programs running, they have to increase the debt. That pushes the problem farther down the road. But then you have the obligation to leave this world better than you found it. To take care, to, be, to steward what you have well, and to pass it on to future generations so that they have some hope of maintaining this world. That's a big one. And that's the one thing that borrowing more money cannot do. If you want to uphold those first two values, responsibility and then obligation to the needy, you have to borrow more money. That's, that's the option there in order to keep government spending afloat. But if you want to make this an easier life, a better life for future generations you have to let the debt bubble burst since you can't balance the budget. So you kind of come to this impasse where either you hurt the needy now or you hurt the needy much, much later. Most people would be inclined to say, well, hurt them later. I'm going to be dead anyway. But that's not, that, that's not a moral action. You can't just shove it off on somebody else that's going to come after you simply because you don't have to care about it anymore. That's not correct. That's not responsible. And that's not what a good person would do. So... Yeah, we're left with this dilemma where either we hurt people now or hurt them later. Yeah, that sounds pretty oblist the more I think about it. Another solution you could take is kind of try to blend those three options. There's no avoiding the debt bubble bursting at some point. If it's 20 years from now, if it's 50 years from now, or if it's tomorrow. It's going to happen at some point. There's nothing you can do about it. However, you can mitigate the, just based on some pretty simple economics, you can mitigate the debt bubble by bringing inflation as far down as possible, by bringing interest rates as far down as possible, and by bringing government spending down as far as possible. Without hurting those programs, I'm sure there are some massively unnecessary government programs that you could cut. I know of lots of, uh, for for instance, agricultural subsidies that we budget millions upon millions of dollars for and only a few thousand are ever claimed. So that those categories in the budget just get bigger and bigger and bigger every fiscal year and no one ever uses that money. So you can cut programs like that. You can cut um, clean energy subsidies. People can afford things. Well, some people would argue that those clean energy subsidies are necessary for future generations, too. Regardless of that, there are lots of useless government programs that you could cut to bring your spending down as much as possible without harming the necessities. Bring the government down to its bare bones and begin using that excess to pay off the debt. That's the closest we can get to balancing the budget. We're going to bring it as far down as possible and pay off what we can. The lower down that but that debt gets, if we can at least manage the interest payments, that'll be even better. Because there's no way we're going to be able to make headway on this anymore. We have borrowed more money than the entire nation makes. And now we owe money to foreign entities that want us dead. We need to get out of this situation. So if we can cover the interest payments, not let the de- debt get any bigger than it is right now, when the debt bubble bursts, it's still going to stink. But the problem is not going to exacerbate itself anymore i think that is the most responsible solution it still takes care of the needy now we're accepting responsibility for our previous actions we're admitting that we screwed up and that we need to face the music as it were and then we're still doing our level best to make the world a better place for future generations we're not pushing the problem off on them anymore we're still accepting the consequences and we're trying to mitigate the problem for the needy while maintaining an effective solution that's going to help help this crisis to come to an end as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think that's... Not that I'm a major economist or anything, but that seems to me to be the most moral and effective solution in this current U.S. economy. I can't think of anything else to go against it. So, to summarize what we've discussed today, government debt is when we spend more money than we have. We owe that debt to investors, foreign entities, and individuals who purchase treasury bonds. These treasury bonds come with a pretty hefty interest payment. That's why people purchase them. It's a decent investment. However, we now owe more money than we will ever be able to pay back. We owe more money than the entire nation makes in a fiscal year. 150% 150 percent more to be on to, uh, to be I- exact the solutions before us are either let the debt bubble burst and suffer extremely high inflation extremely high prices and extremely low quality of living for the needy option two is to borrow more print more money increase inflation minimally right now and allow the debt bubble to burst further down the road and our third option is to attempt and balance the budget we've already discussed how the balancing the budget is completely impossible at this point. Again, we owe more money than we make in an entire year. You can't you can't pay off debt. You, you can't pay off debt. Bad, That's insane. So it seems to me that the best solution is to decrease government spending as much as possible without touching the necessities. You could probably decrease military spending a little bit. You could probably decrease welfare spending a little bit. If you do that, You can still further the progress of payment on debt, still accept the consequences of your actions, and not force it on future generations. At that point, if we already have this low government spending, if we already have this understanding, or sorry, not understanding, if we already have this plan for addressing debt, we can recover from that a lot quicker, because we're not going to need to take out more treasury bonds to get us out of an economic crisis. That would be the way to do it, from my opinion. Now, the question is, is the government ever going to do this? Probably not. I think the most likely outcome is that Congress is going to meet, they're going to have a big, long meeting with all of their budget people, and they're going to say, let's borrow more money. Let's push this problem farther down the road, because historically speaking, that's what's happened. That's what's been going on for years and years and years. That's why the debt keeps racking up and up and up. That's why every president has contributed to the debt and not subtracted from it. Our government is not being wise with its money. That's creating problems for the rest of us. So, as always, guys, there's a question and answer in the episode information. I know this episode kind of uh, sounds hopeless, but put your solutions, your thoughts, your ideas into that question and answer. I'd love to post them under the episode so other people can see what you think. If you need to reach out to me there, you can find me on Instagram at havenoclue000. I'll respond to messages on there. I post about a few times a week. Um, you can also email me at that same place, havenoclue000 at gmail.com. I'm working on putting up a website. I think that'll be fun. I think we'll have all of our episodes up there. Maybe one day we'll have some have some merch, some swag to purchase. Yeah, but until then, those are the places you can reach me. Thank you guys for listening. Like, share, subscribe, the whole YouTube bit. Uh, Until next week, guys, thanks for listening.